0: doing it's good to see all of you can we settle down yeah everyone's excited to meet one another that's good uh, I want to sh- share with you today um, a, a very simple but practical message uh, that I hope would Help each of us uh, to be able to pursue um, a lifestyle that will help us to grow in God. Um, Before I begin, would it be okay for you to just pray for one person next to you? Just pray a prayer of blessing over them and pray that God would speak to them. Could you just do that? Just turn to somebody next to you and just pray a prayer of blessing over them. Father, we thank you for the gift of this new day. We thank you for the gift of this morning. And we thank you, God, for the gift of your word. And we believe, uh, Lord, that the entrance of your word uh, brings enlightenment, God. Makes wise the simple. And uh, we pray what the psalmist prayed. Unite our hearts to fear you. Unite our hearts to worship you. And, Lord, that our ears would be inclined to hear and to obey your oh God. So we commit ourselves into your hands. We commit this time into your hands. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I want to share with you eight ways of how we can get more from our Bible. You know, the last message that I shared with you, I shared with you about how we see that what is the unique characteristic of us being a people of God across the different dispensations of time, across the different ages, is that the people of God heard God and obeyed Him. I hope you remember what I shared with you. And that is of utmost significance, beloved, that what makes us a people of God is not what we claim, but who we follow. And who we follow is absolutely determined by who we listen to. And so I helped you see from across the ages in the Bible, right from the patriarchs or the fathers of the faith and right through the time of Israel and even to the gospel in the New Testament, that the singular attribute of being a child of God or being a people of God is that the people of God heard and obeyed. And it is in this context, before I proceed ahead with the continuation of that message, that today I felt to help us establish a pattern of lifestyle where we would be able to come into that audio zone of listening to the voice of God beloved. And what I want to kind of help us today is how can we be a people of God's word. I want to begin by reading Psalm 1 and so if you can just put up Psalm 1 and I will just take you through uh, certain verses and help us to see some very simple but important truths and then I want to move into giving us practical ways of how we can pursue a life that will help us to build our, a lifestyle that help us to build our lives upon God's word. Someone and someone tells us about the blessed man. You know, I've always encouraged you that do not try to pursue a good life or do not try to pursue a better life, but pursue a blessed life. Can I say that again? Do not pursue a good life. There's so many people who are after the good life. They want the good things of this world. Or they want the better life. They keep moving from, hopping from place to place because they want a better life. But the Bible doesn't talk about a good life or a better life. The Bible talks about a blessed life. A life that is congratulated by God. That's the essential meaning of the word blessed. So when you actually look into the root meaning of that word blessed, it actually means a person who's congratulated by God. Amen. And that's the kind of life that we want to pursue to live, a blessed life. And Psalm 1 is a gateway psalm. It opens up to helping us understand what is the characteristic of a blessed man? What makes him or her a blessed man? And so without going into what the person does not do, which is what the psalm opens up by talking, I want to focus on what he does. It's just one thing that he does. Just one thing. is it amazing? Not ten things, not three things, one thing. The blessed man does one thing. It says, How blessed is the man. We skip all that and come into verse three. Verse two, actually. Verse two. Come to verse two. Thank you. It says, His delight. The blessed man has just got one thing. It says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law he meditates day and night. That is the primary, singular thing that a blessed man and a blessed woman does. What what, what does he or she do? It says he delights in the law of the Lord. And because he delights in the law of the Lord, he naturally thinks about it, ponders upon it, meditates on it day and night. Verse 3, it tells us what happens to such kind of a person. Here's a metaphor. It says he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in all that he does he prospers. Just think about it. He does this one thing. He does this one thing and because he does this one thing everything in his life is impacted. Everything in his life is transformed. What is the result of it? In all that he does he prospers. I believe that everybody over here wants to have that kind of a life. Amen. That you, whatever you undertake, you will experience because you're congratulated by God, because you're endorsed by God, you will experience the favor of God. Amen. But what is, the, what is that one thing that the blessed man does? Come back to verse 2. It says that his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Now, what do we, what do we understand from this? So, one of the metaphors among many that is frequently used in the Bible for us as a people of God is we are likened to a tree. And uh, one of the things that I have begun to appreciate is the sheer beauty and size of trees. You know, when you go to certain places and you see the size and the grandeur and the beauty of a tree, it's beautiful, it's breathtaking. And the Bible says that we ought to be a tree like that. Probably trees that have been standing there for hundreds of years, weathered so many seasons, so many storms, and they're still standing over there. And why they stand over there is because of a very firmly grounded root system. You know, someone actually talks about the root system of a blessed man. You see, it just puts one line in the end and says, whatever he does, he prospers. But what it puts emphasis on in verse 2 is whatever he does is prosperous because this man has got a very strong rooted system in God's word. Here's what we understand from this beloved. Whatever we think upon consistently, constantly will become your root system. Whatever you keep thinking about, whatever you keep pondering about, consistently, constantly will become your root system. That's precisely what Psalm 1 verse 2 tells you. Because this blessed man delights in the law of God and because he thinks about it day and night, his root system of his life is in the word of God. He's firmly grounded in God's word. And because he draws from God's word, it goes into all the branches, all the spears of his life. Beloved, here's what I want to ask us today. Where is our root system? You know, just using a sort of a contemporary example. You know, think of yourself as as a display projector that we just have up there. What is our life projecting when we step out of this hall? You know, think of yourself as a projector. When people look at us, what do they see us projecting? The good life? The better life? Or what it means to be a blessed life? And you see, that projector will only project what it's wired to. What are you wired to? What are you and me wired to? And so here's what someone says, be wired into God's Word. Let that become your belief system. Let that become your value system. You see, these things are not seen. Beliefs, values, they aren't seen. Morals, attitudes, they're not seen. You just finally see the behavior, the display of it. And so what I want to talk about is, let's get wired more deeply to God's word. So if you and I desire to live a God word, God glorifying, blessed life, It's absolutely essential that we build a strong root system which is rooted and grounded in God's Word. And that happens through daily Bible reading and study of God's Word. You know, living in Mumbai does not make this easy. You know, constantly as I travel outside of Mumbai, I become increasingly aware of what a tough tide we are in. You know, when we are in this big, gigantic river called Mumbai. And you know, there are different kinds of rivers. You know, sometimes when you just pass through some places, you see these little streams that just, you know, kind of you can just wet your feet into it. But Mumbai is not a little stream, right? It's this huge, gigantic river that's just going to come on you. And you know, beloved, if you and I think that the lifestyle of this city would enable you and me to get a root system in God, we're very wrong. There's nothing of the system of this world that's going to enable you and me and encourage you and me to get closer to God. So Mumbai is the test of your resolve. Mumbai is the test of your focus. Mumbai is the test of your disciplined life. Because if you're just going to get into that river, this gigantic river's tide will just take you away and away from the things of God. You can keep shouting, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And you can come on Sunday morning and sing the songs. But everything that happens, the remaining six days of the week, shows nothing that your root system is grounded in God's Word. So what are we going to do? <laughs> what I've personally experienced... And in my interactions with others, I found this, that an unfocused, unplanned, undisciplined, spontaneous lifestyle will make it very hard to achieve your spiritual goals. So if you're a man of the moment, you know, you like to take it as it comes, right? It's not going to get you anywhere closer to what God wants you to have. But if you want to say, I want to get closer to God, there have got to be some things that have got to be non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Does that make sense? So here's what I want to ask you. Are you discouraged with your Bible reading? I have been. Have you been discouraged and found it difficult to be consistent? I have been. Do you want to get more out of God's Word? I want to. See, no one is joining me. Everyone's like, you guys are doing so well. So I probably I'm just preaching to myself. So I want to give you some real practical thoughts. But here's the thing. Why have I, you know, I'm, I'm a hardcore teacher, right? I love the PowerPoints and I give you scripture verses. And, but today I want to keep this very practical. Because if we don't touch and talk about these things. I can keep motivating you and you go back from the door feeling more pressurized saying that, Shannon, yeah, I am more than convinced today that I need to do this, but how? So I want to try and help. Is that okay? just want to try and help. Now, why am I doing this? Why am I trying to make this practical in a way? There are two reasons. Number one, two reasons, okay? And, and <clears throat> like I mentioned... Making everything negotiable, having an unplanned life will not help. So if you, you don't have a diary, if you don't have a, even a little booklet or a sheet of paper that you say, I'm going to do this today, or this is what my plan for the week is, I want to say this, it's going to be pretty hard for you. It's going to be pretty hard for you. Because Mumbai is going to make it hard for you. Just the way the city is, is not going to make it easy. Okay. The second thing is Jesus himself warned about such kind of a lifestyle. He's, he warned about you know us being so caught up in the things around us, and he said that it will cost you. And you remember, he told his dear friend Martha, Martha, and he had to call her name twice because she was so caught up. Martha, you are so caught up in these other things. One thing, someone remember? It just requires one thing is required of you and you've made that negotiable. So Jesus warned about such a lifestyle. In another place, he spoke about the cares of this life. The cares, responsibilities. Oh, so frequently I hear, I hear parents saying, oh, you know, you don't even know how the week goes by and you've know, got to do this, and have got to do that, you've got to do this. It's interesting. We do a lot of things at the cost of one thing and you know what in spite of us supposedly doing so much we still feel empty we still don't feel fruitful we don't feel we've accomplished we we don't feel the satisfaction you know why because we're not hearing and feeling the affirmation of that congratulations son I'm well pleased with you congratulations my daughter I'm well pleased with you you see I would rather have less activity But in the little, I'm experiencing the fruit because it's coming from a place where I'm rooted and grounded in God and His Word. So a tent can be set up because its pegs are firmly grounded. If the pegs are not firmly grounded, you won't have a tent, you'll have a carpet. A tree stands... Because its roots are firmly grounded, and you wouldn't have a tree. And that's why it's interesting, I increasingly find Christians wanting to be potted plants rather than planted trees. You know, you're decorative, you can hop all over the place, but you aren't fruitful. And I wanna encourage you, my friends, my brothers and sisters, don't be potted plants, be a planted tree. Because it's the tree that's planted that in its season, you will bear fruit. But potted plants, you can celebrate your freedom, but you will mourn the loss of fruit. You'll have a fruitless life. You know, a building can be built because its foundation is laid to match its size. So the pegs, the roots, or a foundation are non-negotiable. I want to ask you, my dear friends, would you be willing to make a sincere resolve today to make your Bible study with God every day non-negotiable? Would you be willing to make a sincere, simple result? Say, Lord, I want to have a non-negotiable time and place with you every day. My dear brothers and sisters, the summary of your life will be everything that he did and she did prospered. You know, um, when I was staying in Kandavali, uh, I would go through a very embarrassing uh, experience almost every day, especially in the nights when I would come back. So I would stay in Kandavali East, and uh, I would get off the station, and there would be shared rickshaws. Being in those? Shared rickshaws? Okay, great. Uh, And uh, it would be very embarrassing. You know why? Because they would, uh, the guys who would ride the rickshaws would think that they have an SUV, eight-seater. And so I have sat in a rick, eight of us. And this is what they would say. Sit back, And then they would do it. So one goes front, one goes behind, one goes and two in the front on his left and right. And eight, eight people. It's hard to even get eight people in an SUV. But they got eight people in a rickshaw. Okay, quite a, okay Mumbai, right? <laughs> okay, it's possible. Now you know what? Please don't be offended with the, with the connection I'm going to bring. You know, that's what we try to do with God. We stuff everything and say, Lord, adjust, come in. Because we somehow make sure that everything fits in. And then we say, God, come in. You know what he want? He wants. Because he's God. He's the center of And when he's the center, everything will come in orbit. My dear brothers and sisters, let God be the center of your life. You know, if we try to get everything arranged, you know, we try to get everything in place, and God's not in the center of it all, and you and I will get tired and frustrated, we'll get stressed out trying to do things in our own strength, and we will not see what we want to say may have a good life whatever that means you may have a better life whatever that means because that's subjective but it will be at the cost of a blessed life a life that is endorsed and approved by god see so us some practical tips ready for this how do we have a consistent time with god every day and i'm specifically talking about bible reading and bible study beloved it is one of the most amazing the most amazing experiences you can ever have is when you and I sit with God and His Word. It's the most amazing thing. When I started this, and I was like, how did not somebody tell me about the Bible before? God will change your life. God will transform your life. God will speak to you. And if there's anything that you can take away from that, maybe you didn't like my examples, it didn't make sense to you, whatever. I'll tell you one thing, guys. Make a decision. To make your time with God non-negotiable. Make a decision. Here's the first thing. I'm doing this in, uh, assuming that you are doing this in the morning. Uh, You can always shift this as per your schedule. Firstly, prepare a night before. How? Every night before going to bed, if you're a coffee person, keep your coffee ready. At least your brew. Or keep your teapot ready. You may say, Shannon, you're getting into those kind of nitty gritties. Trust me, I'm amazed at how educated people live an undisciplined life and an unplanned life. I'm surprised that I have not had to tell people where to keep their socks after they've used it. I'll tell you something. You just take care of these little practical things. You just keep your teapot ready, keep things ready. And importantly, have a proper place for your Bible, your notebook, and your pen and your marker. It's always next to me on my bed. It's always next to me. I have a place where I just keep my Bible, and I'm very, very protective about it. I don't like it even when Farah moves it. Because I don't like my Bible out of my sight. I'm not, uh, what do you call it, superstitious about it, but I need it in that place. Because when I get up in the morning, I get my tea ready, and then my Bible's there, my pad is there, my pen is there, and I begin to study God's Word. So prepare a night before. You know, you know these little things that you think would be, you know, frivolous? but they're precious because it's your worship unto God. It's you saying that God, you know, it's special for me. You're like, you know, like you're getting a date ready and you take care of these little details and it's just your love expression for, the, for your partner, for your spouse, and that's the way it is with God. God, my Bible, my notebook, my pen's ready. I got my coffee ready. Next morning, I'm going to wake up when my alarm rings and I'm going to be with you. Prepare a night before. Can you just tell that to somebody next to you? Prepare a night before. <laughs> so you don't have to scramble around, right? You don't scramble around, oh, where's my Bible? I can't find my Bible. Okay, I can't find my Bible, so I'll read my Bible later. Have you noticed? The later doesn't come, at least on that day. You know, so it's there. Prepare the night before. Number two, before you start, pray. Before you start, pray. Uh, I normally will, when I open my Bible, I I pray this. This is my favorite prayer. Open my eyes, Psalm 119. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from your law. You know what is the most wondrous thing that I behold? I behold him in his law. I behold the Lord in his law. I hear him. You can pray this. John Piper speaks, Praise the IOUs. If this is helpful for you. I-O-U-S. I-O-U-S. I incline my heart to your testimonies. O, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from your law. You unite my heart to fear your name, and S, satisfy me with your love. So wake up in the morning, thank God for a new day. Every day, I thank God for the new day He's gifted me. I thank God that His love for me is brand new this morning. It was not yesterday's love, right? We don't like basi roti, right? Yeah, we like the fresh roti that comes straight off the pan, right? God's love is new every morning, Amen. And, and he wants to speak to you. And he appreciates the fact that you've got yourself ready. You've thrown water on your face. He appreciates the fact that the previous night you kept everything ready. And you know what? He's excited about meeting with you. And pray. Thank him and pray and say, God, speak to me from your word. God appreciates that. So what's the first thing? Prepare a night before. What's the second thing? Pray. Let's see if you can get all these eight by heart. Okay? That'll be a good start for this. Number three, choose the best time and the best place. Every day, the best time and the best place. Well, for most of my growing years, so let me say this, I'm not a, I'm not a morning person. I still struggle with the morning thing. I was just telling uh, Farak uh, probably a week or a couple of weeks back, I said, you know what? I still struggle, baby, with the morning thing because I was a night My night, for me, the night is mystical stars and, you know, just, you know, I'm a night person. I love the nights, you know, and, and then she told me, you know what, babe, you're married, you got kid, you can't do night right? You got to get up. You got to get her to bed. So you got to get to bed and you get up early in the morning. Really a struggle for me, okay? But I was the night person. When everyone goes to sleep, Shannon wakes. You know, I just love that. I would sit with the Lord two hours, just, just worship and pray and read my Bible. And that was years I did that, years. And my best place was just about a half a kilometer from here on this beach. This was this beach. That's why it's, the, it's cleaned up, you know, that's why. It's the best beach. Even the turtles have come in. You know, you know I, on this beach, on those rocks, I would sit, I would walk the entire stretch for hours and be with the Lord. So a night person. So my quiet time would be on this beach in the evenings and then in the night with the word. So that was, that was me. Amen. That was my best time and that was my best place. And if you met me, I would request you to excuse me what's your best time and what's your best place? Maybe your shift is such you cannot be in the morning. Maybe you have to be in the afternoon. Maybe you have to be the evening. Whatever it be, choose your best time and your best place. Does does that make sense? Now what's the best time and the place? Place where you will not be distracted. Where you will just be able to be with the Lord alone. If it's not happening in your house, go somewhere out. Wherever it can be, choose a place where you will be able to give the Lord undivided attention. Does that make sense? What is the first thing? Prepare when? Night before. Is that helpful? Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it even works for Sunday morning, yeah, by the way. Okay, what's the second thing? Oh, yeah. You know what? I believe that's the difference between reading a newspaper and reading the word. When you pray. Number three? Best time and the? Best place. Fantastic. So, so keep, it, keep, keep everything ready over there. So you don't have to, again, waste time, as I mentioned earlier. Number four, try a Bible reading plan. Now, I'm not a fan of the one-year Bible reading plan. I tried that once. I never did it again. I just came into so much of guilt and condemnation. I released myself. I delivered myself on the Bible reading plan. Because if I missed one day or I read less, then it's like compound interest. And I'm like, my goodness, this is, this is horrifying. I said, okay, God bless you, Bible reading plan. I'll just make my own. But I do have a plan. I do have a Bible reading plan. Someone encouraged you, keep a track of what you're reading. You know Russian roulette? You know Russian roulette? You don't know what's Russian roulette? Okay, let's try it out. Anybody's got a gun? I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, so Russian roulette is like, you you know, you, people put a bullet into a gun, just one bullet. I'm not advocating this, okay? Just relax, okay? And roulette is like by chance, like." Right? And they play, whatever. And you know what? People do Bible rule it. People do Bible rule it. Okay, what does God speak to me today? You know, I've known people do that. This is not a chance. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody does that. If you do that, God bless you. Your love, Jesus loves you. You're not condemned, but stop doing that. That's not how God speaks. You know, don't do Bible rule it. Follow a systematic Bible reading plan. I'll tell you what is mine. I read a Psalm a day. And right now, I aim to read a, proverb of, a chapter of Proverbs every day. So and a psalm a day and a chapter of Proverbs. I need devotion and I need wisdom every day. And apart from that, I'm reading one book of the New Testament. My aim is to complete my entire New Testament before this year ends. Make sense? So when you, we try to do that, I don't, I've sometimes, because of travel or whatever, probably hectic day, it becomes plus minus, but I try to catch up, but it is achievable for me. Make sense? You're with me? Did I confuse you? You know what I'm, what I'm doing? I read a Psalm a day, so my aim is to read the entire book of Psalms twice a year. 150 Psalms, 150, 150, 300. So I keep a little buffer because some Psalms are long, right? So I try to read the book of Psalms entirely twice a year. And I try to read the book of Proverbs every month. Because 31 Proverbs. Okay. Not being able to do it successfully. But I keep, I keep pursuing it. Okay. And number three, I read another book. Just cut. Yeah. So I know that sometimes it's difficult for you because you're working. You know, if you read, even if you read a chapter. Let me say this, my beloved. Even if you read a chapter a day. You say, Shannon, that's all I can achieve. It's not how much you read. So if somebody comes and tells you, I read 30 chapters of the Bible every day, ignore them. Just ignore them, okay? All right? They come from the planet Zog. We don't go there, okay? So if they are able to do them, God bless them. That's not what we, we're not in competition. It's not how much you read, it's how much you heard from God, how much you received from what you got. So if you read just one chapter, just one chapter, but you were able to break into it. You were able to ask the right questions and you were able to draw out of God. Fantastic. God bless you. Does that make sense? So keep it systematic. Don't play Bible roulette. So keep a track. Keep a track of what you read. And how you do that is by having a Bible reading plan. That's the fourth thing I shared with you. And the fifth thing. Now, if you, I, I wish I brought my Bible today. Bad habit. But my Bible is written. Yeah, obviously. But I've written in it. My Bible is colored. It's underlined. It's circled. It's all kinds of things. There are times messages in it. The way I write it, I love to do that. My Bible is loaded. I mentioned earlier it was gifted to me by Pastor. William. It's very dear to me. It's the best translation in the world. It's the NASB. And though he gifted it to me, he still smirks at me. <laughs> but it is the best translation, NASB. I love it, and it's completely underlined. And you know what? I want to encourage you to do that. Mark in your Bible write in it. Maybe you can use a pencil or pen, whatever you're comfortable with. But you know what? Read it in such a way that you're able to draw much out of it. You know why? Because I found this underlining helps to concentrate more on what we are reading. So when you just underline something, we just circle it. We try to make some oh this is connected to this passage or this is connected to that. You're able to f- zoom in more. You're able to focus in more. Here's the request. Don't try to keep your Bible neat and tidy. Somebody said this, right? The old saying, right? Somebody whose Bible is falling apart because they're reading it, their lives will never fall apart. So read your Bible. Underline it. Write on it. How many things did I tell you? Five. Can you just tell that to somebody next to you? Just one person. Just repeat the five things without looking at your notes. Let's try that. Come on. Yeah, I hope you're just saying that, right? <laughs> Can we go for this? Can we try? All five? Okay, you've got help, huh? Okay, great. Okay, why don't we try this? Ready? Now, don't, don't look at the screen, okay? Come, look here. No copying. Here we go. One, two, three. Wait, what, what will you prepare? Yeah, yeah. Keep things ready. Is that good? Would that be helpful? Okay, great. Number two? Pray. When? Just before you start. Invite God to speak to you. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. Number three? Great. All right, fantastic. Number four? Yeah, keep a track of what you're reading. And how will you do that? By having a simple Bible reading plan. Great. What is the fifth? Mark and write in your Bible. Okay, if you say Shannon, I don't like to do that. God, no problem. I'm just suggesting, okay? Let's go to the sixth. Let's let's do this really quick. Read consecutively. Uh, What I mean by that is as I mentioned earlier, but I just want to emphasize this specifically. Read consecutively. You know, there's nothing more discouraging than picking up the Bible and reading it at random. So if you're reading, for example, the Gospels, try and complete the Gospels. If you're reading the Apostles, the Epistles of Paul, try to complete the Epistles of Paul. If you're aiming to read the New Testament, try to complete that. You know, if you just move into the Old Testament and you jump back into the New, you move into the Old, jump back into the... It will not help you And it can probably be discouraging for you. So I want to request you keep it consecutive. Does that make sense? Seventh. Uh, I have done this on and off. I've not done this consistently. But there are people who have done this and found this very helpful. That is why I'm mentioning. Use a journal. Use a journal. So if God has spoken to you something, you can write it down. There's some people who do it on their phone or on their laptop. It doesn't matter. Or they even do it on a hard copy book. But, you know, it's interesting that if you keep a track of what God has been teaching you and speaking to you every day, imagine of that many years of your life, you have those volumes and you could actually give it to your children and say, this is how I built my life. This is how I built my life. This is how God laid us to have a beautiful family. You know, I sent some of you a message on Pastor Rambali Singh, right? And uh, just when we met him last week, I, I said an interesting thing. I actually put a question and said, What's special about him? And I gave you a profile, but I actually teased you. Because in the end, I said, what's so special about Pastor Rambali Singh? I said, he's a humble man with a beautiful, godly family. It was not the profile, merely. You know, it's nothing like having a godly family, a godly marriage, a godly legacy that you leave. Amen. And that's what we want to pursue as a church. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And of course, the things that God will do through your ministry and all those things. But you know what? that root system has to go deep down into the study of God's word. Amen. So use a journal. Uh, One of the things that people say is that writing slows you down. Slower the better. So when you're able to slow down and think about what you are reading, you're able to gain more. So don't be in a hurry to finish chapters and run ahead. Write down what God is speaking to you. And as you do that, that's one powerful way of what the Bible calls meditation. Last, but very important. When does the Bible work? When we respond in obedience. Do not just be a hearer, wrote James, but be a doer, for it's the doers who are blessed. So, it's important that after you record what God has spoken to you, whether you've underlined it or you've journaled it, pray and say, God, help me to apply this in my life. Maybe you learn something about prayer. Maybe you learn something about forgiveness. Maybe you learn something about hard attitude. Maybe you learn something about the church. Maybe you learn the kingdom principle. Ask the Lord to help you apply that. Respond to God in prayer. And I believe it works. Because as we pray, grace is released upon us that we will be able to obey that. So, I want to encourage you to Always close by responding in in prayer. Ask God to help you obey what you have heard. Does that make sense? And so that helps us cultivate an attitude of, I just don't want to be a hearer. I just don't want to be a knowledge collector or a Bible verse collector. I want to be a person who's obedient to God's word. Does that help? Great. Can we just go, go through all the eight? Okay, I'll give you a minute to just glance through it. Why don't you just take a minute to glance through that, okay? We'll just take that in. So whether you have these approaches or you have your own, you know, there may be things that I've not been able to mention, I've not thought of. Whatever works for you, use it to help you build consistent habit of reading the Bible. So if you know of ways that I've not thought of, I would love to hear from you. And say, hey, Shannon, uh, you know, this could also be helpful. I would love to. And we can actually share that in the church and house churches. You know, this is what I do and maybe this can help. We would be, I would be really happy to hear from you about this. Can we just run through the eight without the help of our display team, okay? Here we go. One, the first, first one. Prepare the night before. Great. So you're not scrambling around in the morning, right? You just get up, throw water in your face, brushing the teeth helps. And then you sit with your Bible with your cup of tea. Number two? Pray. Yes, pray. Fantastic. And what were the IOUs? You remember John Piper? I-O-U-S-I. Incline my heart to listen to your voice. O, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from your law. You, unite my heart to fear your name and S satisfy me with your love. You don't have to pray that as a mantra. You can pray scripture, pray what God is leading you to pray. What's the next? Best place? Best time. Very good. What's the next? Keep a track of? what you're reading, and what can help you do that? Have a Bible reading plan. What's the next? Oh, yes. Read consecutively. Read consecutively. Then use a journal. If you're okay with it, I encourage you to keep a journal. I've done that on and off, so I do have a journal. And uh, last but not the least, but very important, respond to what you have read. Develop an attitude of obedience. God, I want to apply your word in my life. It's just one truth. Just imagine. And one thing that can help you do that, if, you know, and I'm sure that will happen. You read a chapter or you read two chapters and you got a verse that God's, you felt impressed on your heart. Try to buy heart that. Try to buy heart that. Try to memorize that. You know, keep speaking and muttering in your heart. As you're traveling, you're going to work, just keep rehearsing that. It will get into your system. And the Bible encourages us to do that. You know, just bring health to our bones the, the psalmist wrote, health to our bones and just nourishment to our body and spirit and, our, and renewal of our mind as we meditate on God's word. I hope that's helpful. Yes? So it's very important that we have a strong root system in God's word. I want to repeat what I said at the start and I want to close and I want to lead you in prayer right, right now. What you think upon consistently and what you think about constantly will become your root system. You know, there are people who just get so worried. You're just worried. At the times I've asked somebody, you know, why so worried? What are you worried about? says, I don't know what I'm worried about. I'm just worried. And what's basically happened, it's become a root system. It's just become a thought pattern. They live in trauma every day. They aren't able to sleep at night because they're so used to not bringing their issues to God or even talking about it with somebody else. They're just used to psyching themselves out by getting worried. It's become a root system for them. And beloved, that won't help. That will lead to damage. But rather, let's think upon God's word. Think about God's word. Make your Bible study time with God non-negotiable, yeah? Don't try to fix your day and plan things and then say, hey, I'll try to make time for God. Won't work, won't work. But rather keep God at the center of your life. Make him non-negotiable. Make your time with him non-negotiable and everything will come into orbit. Everything will begin to fall in place. God will bless your your marriage. God will bless your, your family. God will bless your work life. Even if you go to trials and testings and challenges, you will experience the presence of God. You'll experience the anointing of God. You'll experience the power of God, and you will see God blessing you in these areas of your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Fantastic. Come on. Thank you, Lord. You we'll just get the worship team up. We'll just... Thank you. I, want you. I want to encourage you to just respond to this and come to a simple resolution. Like I said, the city of Mumbai will test your resolve. But ask God to help you. If God be for us, He will surely help us who can be against us. Ask God to help you. Come to a place and say, Lord, I want to make my time with you. I want to make my Bible study non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. You know, we just want to say one of the things with growing up, you know, we had friends. uh, We loved to hang around together. When I was 17, 18, whatever. And, uh, and a couple of my friends, and it really rubbed on each other. And I'm saying this, you know, we, we should be such friends to each other. And I'll call up a friend and say, hey, you want to hang around? I'm free. And a person would tell me, uh, Shannon, I've actually not had my time with the Lord. I want to spend time with the Lord right now. It's like, yo, of course, go ahead. Have your time with God. You know what? Those things rubbed on us. You know, the thing that we value the most as growing up is our time with God alone. You know, I went all these years with the worship team and I would lead them. And at the times, out of my love and relationship with, and of course my zeal, I would ask them, hey, did you spend time with God today? And uh, sometimes it would be great and sometimes we uh, not had a good week. I'd say, let's not practice. Let's not practice. Uh, let's just take corners and let's be with God alone. You know why, beloved? If our cup is empty, we can't pour into others. If our cup is empty. Many of us are trying to fill others with empty cups. We're going to do damage to yourself and to others. Fill your cup. But to fill your cup, you've got to come under the right place, right? Fill your cup. Make your time with God non-negotiable. Make your time with God And, you know, by doing that with the worship team, what was I trying to tell them? I was, going to, I was telling them what happens on the stage and what God wants to do in and through this is only possible if we abide in Christ. You know, if, if you're going to dare face the world, you know, you go to your corporate, your marketplace, and you're facing them, the you know, kind of stuff that you face over there, you won't be able to face it. It's the tide coming against you it not be possible if you're not pegged, if you're not grounded in God. You'll get swept away. And you'll be shouting out, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but nothing Christian. You know, So let's not be like that. Let's be rooted and grounded in Christ. And just a simple decision to say, God, this time to this time, in this place, I'm going to meet with you. I'm not going to change that for anything. It will change your life. Amen. I'm excited what I'm going to share with you next time. That's going to be hardcore Bible study. I'm going to share with you next time. All right, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Take your time with God alone for a few moments and ask God to help you make this resolve right now. Come on, I'm going to give you a few moments with the Lord alone. just going to request for the emblems to be passed around. We're going to partake of the Lord's table. As you come to the table of the Lord, come with that resolve, Lord, I want to to come to your table every morning and I want you to feed me with your word every morning or every day, whatever time you choose or in that place. Lord, I want to be with you every day, Lord. I don't want to compromise on my time with you. Whether it's an easy day or it's a difficult day, I want to have my time with you, Lord. sing this song as a response to what we've heard today. This is my
1: desire. With my life, Lord, I want to honor
0: Father, we come with gratitude to your table of grace. We thank you, Father, that you gave your only son that we could come to this table. Thank you, Jesus, for your supreme sacrifice because of your great love for us. Thank you, Jesus, that your body was broken to make us whole. And your blood was shed to redeem us, to wash us and make us whiter than snow, cleanse us of all unrighteousness, and to make us righteous and blessed in you. Jesus, you truly are our all in all. And we want you to be our all in all. We want to experience your presence, your power, your lordship in every area of our life. And therefore, we pray, Lord, that you would enable us by your spirit. That we would keep our time with you non-negotiable. We would not compromise on our time with you alone every day. So that you can have all of us and we could have all of you. As you commanded, Lord, that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with us. And I pray this for each of my brothers and sisters and every family that is represented here. That we would have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Win your word every day, Lord. As we partake of these emblems, bless your people, God. I pray that those who are sick in their bodies would get healed. I pray that those who are believing you, God, for breakthroughs would receive breakthroughs. Because we have come to that place where we remember the divine exchange that happened on the cross. That you took everything that was of us, that was sinful, and that was wrong, that was broken and damaged, and everything that was wicked. And in exchange, you gave us your righteousness, and you gave us your blessing. And so we receive healing and provision and miracles and breakthroughs, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. As we partake of these emblems, we do so in faith and gratitude, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the people say, may partake of the emblems. we just sing this again as we're just returning the, the cups. Let's just lift our voice and just sing it again and just offer up our lives as a sacrifice to God as we come to the end. Thank you, God.
1: This is my desire. Lift it up. Thank you, Lord. This is my desire. I want to honor you, Lord.
0: pray right now this blessing over every brother, every man, every woman, every youth and child and every family that is represented here. I bless them that they will be like that tree planted by the streams of water whose leaf does not wither and which will bring forth its fruit in its season and in whatever they do, being rooted and grounded in you, Lord, they will prosper. I bless every family here that you will prosper in the favor of the Lord, that you will enjoy not merely the works of your hand, but you'll enjoy the favor of the Lord blessing the works of your hand, that you will not merely have just just the produce of your hands, But you will have the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich and He adds no sorrow to it. That I believe that you will have and I bless you that you will have fruit that will outlast your life. And that would happen as you make your time and place with God non-negotiable. I bless you with this blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the people say, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Can we just lift our hands one last time and give God glory. We just bless your name, Lord. Just lift your voice and bless His name. To be all the glory, all the honor, just feel free to just lift your voice. Bless the name of the Lord.